Welcome to Romancing the Gemstones, where we talk about the righteous gemstones from HBO. I'm one of your hosts, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth master of the hood slump pod. Jackson! And I'm here with my co-host, Magna Mills, to talk about season three, episode seven, titled Burn for Burn, Wound for Wound, Stripe for Stripe. And no, unfortunately, I'm not drinking a red stripe. Magna Mills, what is up? How you handle an intense body beating, my dude? I mean, whatever Judy says is bullshit, man. I don't think Sabs and shit would cut it. I mean, but Sabs and shit, like, that would actually be like fuck Dollar General. If you were running like a dime store, you know, discount drugstore kind of deal, you could be Sabs and shit. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, Sabs and shit. General drugstore. And that's also a good name for a drugstore. I am Magna Mills, and thank you for making Romancing Gemstones your drug of choice. You can find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. We're presented by Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. And you don't want to forget the red stripe, and you don't want to forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show. Helps people find our channel. We greatly appreciate it. If you're having a red stripe, you're feeling nice, you're having fun, please remember to give us that thumb. You need to know this is a full-on spoiler discussion for this episode. Burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Everything's on the line. We're also going to discuss the teaser for episode eight, but we're not going to do that until we get to predictions at the end of that episode. And don't you worry, because we'll let you know when we get there. This is your only warning. It's a spoiler time. Spoiler time! Excellent. You're doing a Wayne's World? Sound like a Wayne's World. I was doing a Wayne's World thing. Thank you for picking up on that. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! We're this is worthy. Burn for Burn, Wound for Wound, Strife for Stripe, Season 3, Episode 7, the 25th overall episode of The Righteous Gemstones, originally aired July 23rd, 2023, directed by Danny McBride. This is the fourth episode of Gemstones that he's directed, written by John Carcieri, Jeff Fradley, and Danny McBride. This is the fourth written by credit for the trio on Gemstones. Notable guest stars include... Walton Goggins as Baby Billy, Kristen Johnson as Mimi, Steve Zahn as Peter, Lucas Haas as Chuck, Robert Oberst as Carl, Valen Hall as Tiffany, and Rusty Twimmer as Sheriff Brenda. The short plot synopsis is, after decades of animosity, tensions between the Montgomery's and Gemstones finally come to a head. As Eli faces an impossible decision, Jesse, Judy, and Calvin prepare to meet their maker. Well, we'll begin our discussion by applying our patented Ron's left evaluation system for burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Magna Mills, I need to know. Inquiring minds need to know. Are you romancing it? Is this a one night sand? Or are you simply swiping left? Dude, it's simply irresistible to romance this one. Uh, this is a great episode. Loved almost everything about it. I mean, I not almost. I think I did love everything about it. So yeah, one hundred percent. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to do the the double date, like two in the same day. Like, uh, you know, we'll go out in the morning for breakfast, we'll take a nap, we'll go out for dinner again later. Like, it, it's a good one. How about yourself? I am full on romance in this baby. I, I thought that this episode was as good as we've had this season. Um, it, the last like 10 minutes of this episode made me so happy. It was so fun to watch. Uh, shout out Gideon. Like this whole thing was, was very cool. It's a romance all the way. And that's why we romance the gemstones. Yeah. And I, I think that's the perfect segue right there. Cause let's just start at the end because not only was it a hell of an ending, we actually saw a couple of our predictions come true. 
Turns out Carl's heart was in the right place indeed, like we thought. And Gideon got to drive the Redeemer. Uh, I called that right at the very beginning, the first time we saw it after, uh, you know, Gideon had his little uh, driving escapade, I think, at the end of the first episode. JBG, what do you think of the, like you said, the last 10 minutes or so here, kind of the uh, the great gemstone rescue? Dude, it was fantastic. And you kind of you kind of got the feeling maybe May May got a phone call from one of the kids and maybe it was Carl, but I really liked how it played out with Gideon following her. But this scene where he starts raising hell and the Redeemer dude was so we saw a lot of cool Redeemer um, scenes. This was by far the best Redeemer scene there was. I thought it was awesome, dude. And, you know, the gemstones are just so funny as they're trying to sneak away. It just, it worked so well, man. It was action. It was humor. Um, it, it felt good. It just, I really, really enjoyed the last, you know, 10, 12 minutes of this episode. Yeah, I'm not sure what Gideon's plan was if Redeemer wasn't there. Uh, maybe he was just going to call for backup. Uh, do you think that May May wanted Gideon to follow her? Because she saw him in the driveway when she left and she kind of looked right at him. I just kind of assumed she just assumed he was going to follow her, right? Is Am I nuts in that or... Well, he he lowered his seat a little bit, and maybe maybe she didn't see anybody in there. I, I kind of got the impression he was right was... behind. You can see even when she's walking in, you can see him pulling in. He wasn't really a he's a hell of a driver, but I don't know if he's a good uh you know sneaky driver. I don't know if he's a ditching tail or a covertly tailing people. I guess I should say. Well, but... well, when she left that when she left the gemstones house, you could make the case that maybe he moved his seat back, but he wasn't. A, he was. I mean, come on, it's a white Escalade following her. I mean, she, she probably... He pulled it right behind her. I mean, it wasn't quite like they were following, but I mean, there was he was maybe 10 feet behind her, 20 feet behind her. He was yeah. not, you know, a half mile back with a couple cars between him or anything. Not I don't really all. care because that boy can drive the truck, and I loved how proud Jesse was. Gideon? How the hell does he know how to drive that thing? Because he's my fucking son. Because he's my son i mean it was just amazing jesse was beaming with pride and shout out to jesse with his gray he should just go gray on the sideburns all the time it was the first couple seasons it's it's hard to go back from it once you start showing it yeah and at the end too when gideon kind of stomps the last dudes and they're all celebrating they're all flipping them off and everything even may may that was you know they're all hugging in the car and and that was just uh, great energy you know and i did like the uh probably the only place we talk about it but uh I don't know who was driving it before. Was it Chuck maybe? But the, just the one where they squashed the cow. Uh, yeah. It was a CGI cow. No one was hurt. But it was it was just like almost like the gemstones, right? When they were just like, right, let's, when they were kids, just like, let's just run over different stuff. It seemed like that was going. But my favorite, obviously the dude in the outhouse, right? When Gideon oh, goes to stop it, and the dude's, you know, he's taking a shit. And he's got to like pull his, he's pulling his pants up as he dives out, as it gets taken out. And that's when you saw Gideon was having fun too, because he was like, holy shit, this thing's fun. I, I really liked how they, you know, even like the the background sounds is when he was driving it versus when, you know, someone from the 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 bad group was was driving it, right? The the flames look different with him. Like it, they just made it seem so cool when he's driving the Redeemer around. And and it was a, a heck of a chase. I don't know if that thing's bulletproof or not, but damn in yeah. my mind it is he was definitely under a lot of fire i really thought someone was like i was worried carl was gonna get shot kind of or maybe maybe you know what i mean it seemed like somebody might uh, take a bullet there i uh, i also want to point out that i like the uh the metal version of the redeemer song better than the bluegrass version we get here this joint was yeah. all right but the original redeemer redeemer that joint redeemer. is just a that's a that's fire i love that joint 
Yeah. And, and I think it makes, so, you know, shout out to you, you called it, but this was the perfect way to utilize the redeemer and Gideon, wasn't it? Like it just, it was a slow build for Gideon, but I'm really glad that he got this scene. And you know what else is kind of cool? Like we hear Jesse at a point in the episode, describe what his plan is going to be, how he's going to escape. Then he's going to hotwire redeemer and just basically run everything over. And Gideon did his plan. That's kind yeah. of a nice little like father, like son a little bit. He kind of, insta- I'm assuming he hotwired redeemer and then just, I mean, because he smashed up their church pews. He's like the oh, windmill thing. At, at a certain point, everything. he wasn't. He was just taking stuff out to take it out, right? Yeah, just mowing shit down, dude. And I do feel a little bad for Jesse because he did have one thing he fucked up. Maybe you could help him out. The hood slide, dude. He did not make it. Like, what's <laughs> the key to a good hood slide? And really, the answer is wear the right kind of pants. But other than wearing the right kind of pants, what's the answer? You know, waxing the shit out of the hood. I mean, that's those are those are your two. Maybe he does not look like she has applied the wax in a while. Uh, definitely no, not a two-coat no kind of gal. Uh, it's like that scene from Super Troopers where he's like, good wax job, Rook, where he just slides right off. But it's like, that's what you need. But dude, how funny was it as he tries to do it and he just stops and have to roll off? He had a good, he had good technique leading up. Uh, he just struggled kind of midair. And then once he landed. Yeah, he even went for the short corner. He didn't actually even try to go like the long way. He even tried to do it kind of easier. And, and uh, yeah, dude, uh, that's gonna leave a mark. And if you ever do that with jeans, they have those little uh, the little copper joints in them. Like you could definitely scratch the shit out of someone's hood with certain jeans. I I know people who did that when they were kids. I didn't realize what was gonna happen. And but hood, car hoods are expensive, friends. They, they are. When you do car hood, you can buy like fourteen hundred dollars or something. That was maybe back then money. Oh, yeah. now you might as well go yeah, buy that's, a Honda that's pre. That's pre-COVID money, dude. Like that's that's not even. I'm talking pre. I'm talking pre-Silicon Valley money, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then mid nineties money was different. Uh, all in all regards. Well, we saw the gemstone siblings get abducted early in the episode, and they literally got siloed off by themselves for most of the episode. They seemed to kind of get a little bonding going, didn't they? Uh, which is, you know, you don't. It's not. I don't know if it's something that they'll carry forward or not, but. What do you think, man? Will they carry that forward or will they revert back to some of their old hop- old habits of being shitty to each other? I mean, you have to be in a little bit of some, kind of some succession flashbacks here, a little bit, right? You yeah. have the two brothers and the sister trying to kind of work it out under pressure. I have no problem with it, but I kind of want them to, to work it out. But will, will the show work if they start getting along? I don't know. I think there's got to be a little bit of of bickering. That's what makes it funny to a certain degree. Could they tone it down some? Sure. Could they could they get together when they need to? I think they're going to revert back to their old habits until the next crisis. Yeah. But sh- but we'll we'll save that for the predictions, but uh I don't know. They're they're making it seem like maybe they won't uh based on that trailer. So and this is probably one of my favorite kind of the cold opens or the teaser, whatever you want to call it, before that opening title card here. Like when they all get abducted, like did you get the great scene of Judy in the pharmacy and then Redeemer just, I mean, they weren't trying to be too subtle, right? How did nobody notice a monster truck just pancaking a car in the right in front of a pharmacy that was still open? You would think somebody might have noticed that one. And, and then crazy uh, is there was no other cars on the road. <laughs> that's, that's funny too. I guess with Kelvin, he was kind of out there looking for for Keith on his own. But um, you know, even Jesse, like you're telling me, like 16 guys in a in a parking deck of the Gemstones parking garage, like nobody saw that. But hey, man, the Lord's work is never done. Yeah, and I'll give uh, Danny McBride and Jesse some credit here. Danny McBride for his acting after he gets shot with the trank dart. 
where he's just doing all that yes. kind of funny whatnot and just starts randomly shooting. Remind me a little bit of Gorin and Barry and, and not quite the same situation, but just randomly firing. And so the dudes are trying to get out of the way of this guy who can't really control where he's pointing the gun. And just the way he just kind of just asked out when it finally kicked in was great. And shout out Jesse because he realized that Chuck was there for a bad reason, right? It's like, I got my phone charger on. He comes right out with the gun. He does no hesitation, no surrender. Like he knew right away. He knew. And, and as much as I do think he loves a no sib hang sesh, right? I mean, everyone loves the no sib hang sesh, dude. Like it's one on one sesh, the no sib hang sesh. That was very funny, very Danny McBrideish. Um, I did enjoy that. His ramblings when he shot with the dar was so funny, dude. And he had a little bit of that with uh, I think it was uh, Pineapple Express mixed with This Is the End, where he like can't die or something. I don't know. There's a little bit of that in there, but uh other danny mcbride roles when he when he when he does movies and stuff but yeah this this was really cool i enjoyed this part and uh shout out kelvin i'm not sure what he's wearing it looks like it's got actual like rhinestones studded on this <laughs> I, I i don't know i don't even know where he gets these things we, we know where he spends all his money and i like this kind of like i called it indiana jones moment because he's doing all this karate stuff and the guy just bare maces him or whatever yeah it's like an indiana and jones he just, just all the sword stuff and then he's like great and he just pulls out the gun and shoots him he does all this. He's talking about training with the Gracie brothers and all this, and they just bear mason, which also just reminds me of Cartman in South Park, like bear macing hippies. And, and also, don't want to sell you short, Calvin. When he tried to do that flip when they were escaping, that was, I don't, what was he trying to do? Like vault to the top of the silo or something? Where he just kind of runs was, and just does like a little backflip, uh, tries to flip off the wall and just face plants? It was very funny, dude. Like, I, there's no way he was going to get that. But I love that he tried. I love that he believed. That's why he's Calvin. the he'd be the easiest one to kill, right? He, I think he would be the easiest one to kill. <laughs> Judy wasn't wrong about that. And uh, you mentioned it before, but I love the bit with the uh, Jesse's die job on his uh, sideburns. So I don't good. know if that's like just the thing, or it's a, a Rula Giuliani reference from when his uh, hair dye was running at the Four Seasons joint. But it, it works either way. And another bit that kind of is a runner throughout the episode is that no one remembers Keith's name. Like yeah. Jesse, Jesse just remembers him as the, the guy with the dead eyes and the bad perm. Well, and, and even the other people don't, you know, the, the, the BJ and, and uh, uh, Amber and, and them, they see him kind of lurking around. They don't even remember. Oh, look, it's Kelvin's strange little friend. <laughs> look, it's Kelvin's friend, Chief. Oh, I think his name is Keish. I always heard it as he. How about their little sermon, right? Did you think they could maybe do a little bit better than that? I was thinking maybe, all right, they're going to finally come together and do it. But it was more like last episode, right? When Jesse said, like, oh, well, we suck together. They were not very good at this uh, sermon they tried to give, right? Even before the snake came out. They were not very good at all. Um, Judy really struggled to try to get a get a song going here. I thought it was pretty funny, actually. And again, I don't know if that was like an Ashley Simpson reference when she got caught lip singing and she decided kind of like doing like random like scatting-ish kind of things. I don't know if that was a direct reference, but that was uh, what it reminded me of. And as much as we have shit on them, I did like the kind of moment they had together when they thought they were going to die and they all kind of were like, I love each other. And uh, Kelvin and Judy even agreed to help like look after Jesse's family if if they had to and if their schedules permitted it. Yeah, I mean... Schedules other. permitting. Schedules permitting, obviously. Schedules permitting and nothing else pressing that needs to, you know, 
yeah, then they might help out a little bit. I mean, but these kids are really at that age where they should just start raising themselves, right? That's how kids work. I feel like they're old enough. The one's like six. <laughs> uh, and those kids do not care at all that Jesse's gone. No. Let's talk about the other part of the episode where the other characters were dealing with the abduction of the gemstone siblings. What do you think here, Mills? Was it the right move for Eli to refuse to pay the ransom? Or was he risking playing hardball here? I mean, Monday morning quarterback, he was right. I think it was not even that he didn't pay it. It's that he sided with Maymay. You know, the yeah. siblings are going to be pissed one way or the other because their dad didn't pay it. But when you're looking at everyone else in the room, you know, and him and Maymay had just been fighting about all of it. And then he sides with her. You know, I think that is probably just Eli showing good business instinct. Like what reason would Maymay have to lie to him, really? And she should yes. know the dude theoretically, and she it definitely proves right. We saw that Peter couldn't shoot her. You know, Peter doesn't seem like he could shoot anybody. Even the one guard he shot, we saw in the flashback, he shot by accident. Yeah, and like a miracle but shot. Could some of those other guys shoot? I mean, if 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 Gideon wouldn't have rescued him and Carl wouldn't have called, would one of those guys killed one of them? Maybe. Oh yeah, some of the other dudes are like, remember the bone boy? Like, ain't no thing. Like, you know, maybe a little bit new, too nonchalant even. Right. I mean, maybe Peter's doing this wrong. He seems to be good at the ministry thing, and he seems to be pretty good at editing video, right? I like yes. that video he sent Eli. That was some pretty high production value. I don't know how they banged that thing out out there, man. That was pretty solid. Yeah, I didn't even think they had internet out there, but that was awesome video, dude. Um, the, the bleeding of the eyes, that really got me. Yeah, and shout out BJ. We actually get to see him here. The aftermath of the, the dong fight from the previous episode. Dude, his one eye, it, it, I don't know. It looked Small like he might have like it, it looked like Quato from Total Recall might be growing in there or something. It was a it was it was closed shut for sure. Uh <laughs> how you like me now? I mean, I hope you like me now. That's 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 I feel like that's just Beach's anthem going forward. Yeah, and he had just a couple of great tidy moments when they're kind of around that table. The first one is when he hears how Peter got his uh, scar. He's like, oh, I just thought he got speared in the face and he does like the basically like the blowjob motion in his cheek. And, and then he just he tried to slip it in when they're talking. BJ calls Eli daddy, and you only see Eli for a second, but they cut to him and he just kind of like looks at BJ like, oh, you know, no, you didn't just because they've had that conversation before. But then he right. just, you know, BJ's feeling it in that moment. He thinks it's the time. Like, all it's right, this, is, this is the moment. I'm gonna call him daddy, and it's gonna work this time. And, and shout all out right. Keith. He appears out of the woods. We saw Uncle Baby Billy do that as well. I like this new idea that people just kind of materialize out of the woods. In the other little bit I loved is when uh, Keith shows up at work and Kelvin's Jeep or whatever is sitting there. The first thing Keith does is he picks up some sand and smells it like tastes yeah. it. Yeah. Like he was like <laughs> he looking knew. for, like he's out in the woods, like, right? Like testing scat or whatever. Like he's, he's hunting. It does look like he could do that, right? Oh my God, his detective skills here were were incredible. He's checking wind patterns. I really enjoyed that scene with the where he sees the, the Jeep and goes down. I mean, that was great. Uh, shout out, Keith, dude. And this might work its way in there for one of my favorite things, but just the idea that the sheriff comes over and she's like, Well, it might be cold comfort, but I guarantee he has a headache now that he's got your three kids on his hands. Maybe he'll get worn down and just let him go. I said the same thing. How bad do those kids have to be that 
The sheriff knows this, and everyone in the room basically kind of co-signs it. No one's like, no, they're not that bad. They're like, yeah, this militia full of dudes who hate your family might let them go because they're so annoyed by them. You think they would be worried about them killing them to shut them up, maybe. Right. And the other thing, too, is, you know, Maymay's reaction when when Eli comes over and he's pretty upset here. And she thinks they're trying to, you know, the kids are trying to scam him for money. Uh, that was kind of an interesting thing because, you know, obviously season one, uh, Gideon was trying to scam Jesse for money. So kind of a cool comeback there. Yeah, it shows you that maybe it kind of does, you know, have a pretty good read on people or, you know, she's pretty good about that. It's hard to bullshit her. Uh, how about the prayers, Jamie G? This was great when we went around the table. Uh, I loved all of this stuff because first we get Eli. He just wants his kids back safe. Amber's up next and she just wants revenge. She wants all the bad things to happen to whoever abducted them. BJ just wants him back safe and she wants Judy to forgive him for him thinking she was out catting around. Keith just <laughs> really just wants abducted. Keith really, really just wants Calvin to find some sanitary wipes with aloe. Uh, that's very important. He doesn't do well with the low quality TP. And finally, baby Billy, he just wants all previous commitments to be honored if they don't come back alive, you know, like Baba Bonkers. Like Bob Bunkers now, dude. So funny because earlier in this episode, he basically came to Eli and said, Hey, just so you know, me and Jesse had an agreement on Bible Bonkers. I, I thought it was just perfect timing there. Um, and shout out BJ with the rhinestones and the gold around when he's. Just- I wondered it like my first thing was like, Oh, Judy bought that for him because she's trying to get back in his good graces and like he didn't want it, but now that she's abducted, now he's wearing it. Matches his one earring. <laughs> you know, he's doing an MJ thing. We just got to see him with the, you know, the the black, the gray suit, the black mock turtleneck, the braided belt, the whole look. I'm here for it. Braided belt, dude. He's got to get a braided Let's belt. bring back the braided belt. Well, I don't know if he rocks a braided belt, but whatever kind of belt he rocks, it's got to be the coolest. Because Uncle Baby Billy is the goddamn coolest. Really didn't get a ton of screen time in this one, but he's Uncle Baby Billy, so he made the most of it. Talk about making an entrance. When he walks in, he just walks in, pushes the, the stroller with the wee baby Lionel, just, just shoves that shit, and just starts walking right to Eli to talk about Bob Bonkers. I mean, things still rolling, and he's just beeline right for, uh, for Eli there. And I do remember that he said the thing in the previous episode about Bible Bonkers being picked up when Eli was in the theater for the uh, before the hologram thing. But when yep. he mentions it here, man, I swear the way that Eli looks at him, maybe it's just because in the moment, but I uh, I don't know. He was like, he, it was like he never heard of Bible Bonkers. How do you forget like something like Uncle Baby's Bible Bonkers? Uncle, um, Baby, Uncle Baby Billy Bible Bonkers now. Dude, Lyle screaming his brains out as that thing's going and then billy then uncle baby billy actually referenced it and being like now calm down now Lyle ain't nobody trying to kidnap you now <laughs> well goggins is so good and dude how about the little dollies that tiff made of everybody oh the creepy dolls were so good dude they're so good <laughs> and, and, and the judy like, one was straight out of a horror movie dude it was very scary it's funny because uh BJ keeps that one. You know, now everyone else is kind of like, man, I don't know if I, you know, BJ's got that joint later. Like, he keeps it with him. And, and shout out Baby Billy. He's like, yeah, th- th- thanks. Good job on the voodoo dolls. Yeah, good job on the voodoo dolls now. He just, he's so good, dude. 
Ah, oh, man. Well, thanks to you, Mills, my closet is looking much better. But football season's coming up, and I need some righteous merchandise to pair with my Buffalo Bills gear. What you got for me? All right. I mean, I think you want something fine, something maybe like Woodpecker's Fine Carpentry. Just uh, seems like a good one. Makes you seem like you're kind of an outdoorsy type or whatever. People will like that. You know what else peeps like? A Sims Free Hang Sash. So maybe you just got Jesse. He's chilling with a drink by himself, just having a Sims Free Hang Sash. And maybe he's letting it hang, too. I don't know. You could do both. That's what happens when there's no Sims around. And then also, you've got You Suck Chuck. It's got, like, you know, Chuck with the, the no Chuck, like, no homers, no Chuck. You suck, Chuck. Sorry, brother. You're on the wrong side now. We're on Team Carl. And finally, woo-wee, sucker. And you just got Gideon driving the Redeemer. And then double points. Do they ever have T-shirts that, like, I feel like they had hats or something that, like, sung. If you get a little thing in there, so, like, you could, like, press it and the shirt sings the Redeemer song, bonus points. There for all that. Had me looking fresh to death. Now we're going to turn the other cheek. No, we're not going to apologize for anything. That would be absurd. We're just going to, you're just going to give a couple alternate titles for this episode. Now, the show went with burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And it's actually one of our favorites. Not bad at all. But we're we're all the way committed to this bit. We'll die on the hill. So we're going to see if we can top it. Mills, what do you got? Uh, I, I had to do something with it, so just give me the Revenge of the Redeemer. Redeemer! I really liked when Peter asked Eli, are you ready to tithe? I just thought that was so cool. Um, so are you ready to tithe would be a good one for me. Especially if you could say it like, welcome to the jungle style, like are you ready to die? But if you could really kick your voice up like Axl Rose that high, it would sound better, I think. But I think if I tried, my voice would blow out, so... We're not going to try that. If you want to go the other way around, go R. Kelly with it. Just do Trapped in the Silo. Ooh, that's a good one. You know, you could have like 64 parts to it or whatever. And also uh, one decent one that uh, I think Peter said, uh, Kin don't mean nothing. Because that is kind of a a theme throughout the episode is, you know, what does that mean in the siblings, you know, the cousins, everything like that. So I think that would kind of fit. It would. And one last one here. God saves Money just gets you stuff. Kind of a overarching thing here with the show. I think that would have been good as well. My man, it's time to drop a gem on him. Once again. Mills, go ahead and drop your favorite quote or dialogue from burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. A lot of good ones here, but... I don't know, just something about the way Jesse Gemstone says orphanage food and tells us his plan. How can you eat in this dirty-ass heat, Jesse? God dang. Because after I finish eating this orphanage food, I'm going to fold this bowl into a knife. And when that door opens and the little one walks in, I'm going to slay him, cut his fucking face off and wear it as a mask. Then I'm going to walk out of here, hotwire the Redeemer, smash every fucking thing I can in here and escape. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, yes, it does. I got to go with, uh, man, I got to go with baby Billy. I, just with the voodoo doll lines, just, and he was sincere with it. Good job with the voodoo dolls. Thanks, Tiff. She did do a good job with them, their voodoo dolls. Now, that just, that one had me rolling, dude. Yeah. How could you not give it up for Uncle Baby Billy? He's just, and shout out to his other one. Lionel, stop crying now. Ain't nobody going to ransom you. Just. That's so good, dude. You got to be there for Cousins Night, though. You got to be there for Cousins Night. 
You're not gonna you're not gonna let this cousin sit out a cousin's night. Now there are a few constant truths in this world. You can't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. There's no sex in the champagne room, and heaven help you if you get the bad side of a gemstone. Ah, well, I mean, let's start with some more general shit. Uh, hey, Judy, any thoughts on driving down I-95 at 11 p.m. on a Friday night? Turn your brights off, you dumb cunt. That sounds about right. Jesse, how do you feel about driving on I-95? I'll kill you! I'll rip your assholes out and eat it and kill you! All right, all right, that's enough about the worst road in America. You can go back to insulting each other now. You know what, Jesse, puke on yourself and eat it, please. How about, how about Chuck? Any feelings on him betraying y'all? Man, shut up, Chuck. You deserve this life, dude. Living in the woods with a bunch of incels, gazing into each other's dick holes. You suck, Chuck. Don't be so smug, Jesse. I think your kids might think that you suck. What's going on? Dad's missing. Sweet. And the dye job isn't holding up so well. Oh, Jesse. What's up with your face, dude? Nothing. Your sideburns are like shitting down your cheeks, man. They crying, dog. Not to mention that your face might be abnormally large. There is no way you'd fit that man's face over your gigantic face. <sighs> Serves you right, trying to argue with me. Fucking fat face that, you little bitch. But at least you don't mess everything up, right? You're constantly acting like we're gonna mess everything up. You do mess everything up. Name one fucking thing. Your fucking marriage? Shut up. Jesse, I will fucking kill you! Look out, Jesse's on a roll. I'm just gonna go into beast mode and start biting faces and dicks. If I die, please don't remember me that way. Are the gemstone kids really that bad? Let's ask somebody impartial, like the sheriff. Well, it might be cold comfort, but I guarantee he has a headache now that he's got your three kids on his hands. Maybe he'll get worn down and just let him go. I said the same thing. Is this because of the way you raise your kids, Eli? Are you ready to tithe, Eli? Oh, by the way, your kids are spoiled rotten and they're horrible preachers. <laughs> you should have raised them better. I mean, what were you busy doing, big boy? Honestly, I don't know if your sister feels any differently about you. You must think I'm fucking stupid. I'm sure I do. Well, what does that have to do with anything? You're a self-righteous asshole, my man. I've been nothing but kind to you. What's worse, being called out by the wrong name or not having anybody being able to remember your name. Look, it's Kelvin's friend, Chief. Oh, I think his name is Keish. I always heard it as Heath. Oh shit, we forgot about the other cousin, Lionel. Lionel, stop crying, ain't nobody gonna ransom you. Anything else before we move on, Uncle Baby Billy? Yes, yeah. good job with the voodoo dolls. Right. Thanks, Tia. Whew, man. Well, we're as righteous as we wanna be, so let's give our righteous moments. Mills, what's your favorite scene or moment from burn for burn, wound for wound, strife for strife? I think for the second week in a row, it's glaringly obvious to me, and it's just Gideon driving Redeemer. How could it be anything else that's that was just awesome? Yeah, I'm gonna I have to second it. I hate yeah, to do that's that. I, I don't think there's a way around it. That was one of my favorite moments in the, in the history of the show. Gideon's yeah. got multiple of those moments. Dude just needs to drive. He does. He does. Just like, you know, if you need a flipper to help, you got to be near like an inlet or a creek or a lake or something like that. Like, if you need Gideon to help, he's got to be near a vehicle. Yeah. He still can't turn his neck either. No, he's... He, 
<laughs> He's driving a monster truck. You got to be getting bounced around. <laughs> I'm not sure oh how God. that worked, but uh, we'll allow it. I'm, 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 Uncle Baby Billy would allow it, so I'm going to allow it. And it, it sounds like we like this one again, but we need to figure out how much we like it. So we're going to bust out our jeweler's loop, the jaunt we stole from Mars Eye Larry, and evaluate the episode. We're going to give a grade to burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe, and we're going to grade it on a scale of 0 to 10 gemstones. Jamie G, drop some gems on them. Again, they seem like they're really hitting a stride here, just stacking good episode after good episode. I'm giving this thing 9.5. It was awesome. I loved it. 9.5 gemstones. And we are definitely simpatico here. I am also going 9.5. My favorite episode of the season. And I don't know, man. Maybe my favorite all time. Would it surprise you if I tell you this is the highest rated episode of Gemstones on IMDb right now? Wow. Eh, maybe not. I mean, there were some heaters, I thought, in season two, but this was... Yeah, a I mean, obviously, I think both the two flashback episodes, both the first two season finales were really good. So there's some other in there, but, you know, this one really uh, seemed to work. No doubt, man. Well, praise all that is good in this world. the righteous rating mills since you're a philly cat why don't you explain the process well the real key is we have to get something decent back for james harden or joel and Bede might ask out next season and we've already kind of traded away so much draft capital that if he gets traded out i don't know what the hell we're going to do because if you don't own your draft picks you can't tank but i i, I think you were just fucking with me because the sixers are in trouble right now so screw you they I'm are going home uh not going home we got to do the righteous ratings first here's the deal Every week, we rate the characters in five categories from one to five, from one point to five points. You want to get five if you can. We average the results together. We figure out our rankings and who won the episode. The categories we rate the characters in are as follows. Getting shit done. Your home life. Your career. Your ability to not be a fuck up. And the funny factor. Let's see how we did and we actually have a tie at number five this week, BJ and Maymay. Kind of a, an interesting combo there, tied at five. And BJ's really, again, only hurt by his home life situation. If uh, When he makes up with Judy, he's going to shoot right up these rankings. At number four, we got Peter. He's still hanging in there, doing pretty good this episode. He did lose Carl, did lose the Redeemer, but he still got a lot of fertilizer, and uh, the guys look like they're ready to push him to do something, maybe. At three, we got Carl. Carl's now joined the team. He's on the good side. He's looking good. He's trending upward in our top three. At number two, a bit of a shocker. It's the first time he's appeared in an episode and not been number one. We got baby Billy. He's still funny. He didn't really fuck up, but he didn't really get enough shit done in this episode because at number one is Gideon Gemstone. And goddamn, did Gideon Gemstone get shit done? Really, the only thing holding him back is he wasn't super funny because he didn't have time to be funny. He just had time to drive around, kick some goddamn ass in the Redeemer. Yeah. And 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 boy, did he kick some ass in the Redeemer, dude. He dropped he drove that thing like it was meant to be driven. To finish out the episode, we like to express our faith in the future. We're going to make a couple predictions for the next episode, which will include 
include the next time on trailer. If you don't want to hear anything about that, just go ahead, hit stop, bounce all the way to Barbados, but just make sure you circle back next week. Thank you guys for checking us out, and we'll see you then. But for everyone else, Magnum Mills, please set the table for the next episode. The next episode, season three, episode eight, is titled, I Will Take You By The Hand and Keep You. Uh, I cannot find an official plot synopsis at this point, but what we see in the trailer is, you know, everyone seems to have been rescued. Uh, they're at the hospital. Obviously, the gemstone siblings are pissed at Eli because he refused to pay the ransom, so they're not even talking to him. At one point, we see they're, like, using baby Billy to communicate with Eli, you know, how, like, you're not talking to someone when you're a kid. Uh, yeah, that's about uh, how mature the gemstones are. We also see that Peter's men are really starting to question his leadership after they lost Carl and the Redeemer and everyone escaped. So that might really make him, you know, get to a moment where he's got to do something with that fertilizer, maybe go for some revenge. So that could be happening. And we also see a little another Sunday brunch where Jesse's trying to do a little, you know, succession style team up with his siblings. I have to ask you, JBG. Is it going to work? I mean, next week's the penultimate episode. We know there's usually some fireworks in the finale. You, you think they're going to get a team up here? Because my guess is we're going to get the uh, the Simpkins is back. Remember, we had them in the uh, season premiere. My guess is they're going to come back around now. I, I think so. I mean, I don't I don't know that we would have gotten them like that if it wasn't going to be if we weren't going to see them again. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, they got to be coming back around. I'm curious to see if if they'll try to tie the two plots together. I don't know. How do you think? Who do you think actually makes up first? Eli or Judy and BJ or Eli and the kids? Who makes up first? Judy. I think Judy and BJ. I think this scare taught BJ. I think he I think he loves her. And he, he wants Did that to do her. it all is forgiven now? As soon as I he sees so. her, he forgives her right on the spot kind of deal. I think so. So is that it for Stephen and his wife? Do we see them again? I think that was it. I think I think Stephen went out with the most epic dong hang of all dong hangs and he's done fair enough i think i you know they probably ran their course do you think bj will get any ramifications from it any like cops or get sued or anything like that i don't think so so that was like his cop did ask him in the episode about his face but he kind of just played it off and it seemed like that was the end of it yeah what do you think is going to happen with kind of Peter in the militia there? Are they really going to try something? Will Peter have the guts to go through with it? Or do you think maybe his men like have a mutiny or some shit? I think that they're, I think that the men try to have a mutiny and it forces Peter into um, having to take drastic steps. I, I think that they got one more big thing and Peter's going to probably end up back in jail. Do you think that they go after the gemstones or something like a, you know, a bank or a power station or another target? Is it gemstone related or not? I think they try to get even with the gemstones. I think they try to go after the church. Do you think maybe there's a reconciliation with Eli in this episode? Or do you think they push that to the season finale? I think it's going to be the season finale. I think it's going to probably be because something Peter does puts Eli in jeopardy and they kind of are forced to. Any more Redeemer? Is that it? Are we done with Redeemer? I thought they were saving it for the, for the season finale. It's going to be kind of hard to top that. I don't know if it, it probably took some damage too. I'm assuming. I think that's probably it, which sucks, but I'm glad they did it because it made this episode incredible. Um, so, but I th I don't know that they can go back to the well one more time. They kind of blew their wad there. Yeah, I think they might have blown it. You know, I mean, it's it's hard to you know might choke on that. It's a, it's a little bit much. What do you think? Something very important is Baby Billy's Bible Bonker is going to be picked up. Yes. 
I've got faith in Uncle Baby Billy Bob Bunkers now. And that's not just the heart talking. That's the mind talking. There's only two episodes left. Are we actually going to get a, a shot of an episode of, of Bible Bunkers for the end of the season? I got to believe there's some kind of montage where like that's what Baby Billy is doing at the end of the season or something. I gotta, I'm holding out hope for that. Yes. Holy shit, I just figured out in my head. Well, that's how you would do it, right? If everyone kind of reconciled, you'd have the gemstones versus the Montgomery's on the first episode, like they tried to do a Cousins night. Yep. That would actually make a, a little bit of sense. So I, I will go with that. Some some kind of reconciliation happens, and, and that's the, the final scene of the season or something like that. I'm there for it. Oh, last one. Does, does Tiffany give birth for the end of the season? <laughs> yes, she has to. She's, she's Toilet or no? Another toilet baby? Toilet again. I think it's got to be something else this time. Yeah, I don't know if they can do another toilet baby. A Bible bonkers baby? A Bible bonkers baby? First episode, it's all happening. It happens at the same time. Everyone's on. Boom. Baby's coming. It's a Bible bonker miracle now. (laughs) You know, you got to renew me for season two. (laughs) He would bet, you know, Uncle Baby Billy probably wants that to happen, man. Them ratings would be sky high now. Yeah, too bad uh, that this isn't real because with the writer strikes going on, people could use another game show. They'd, they'd be dying for bubble bonkers. They would be. CW snaps that up in a heartbeat. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Romancing the Gemstones. Thank you guys for checking it out. We appreciate you romancing gemstones with us. This, this show's a lot of fun. It's fun to talk about, and it makes it more fun when we've got you tuning in hit us up on our social media and drop a comment if you got any thoughts if we missed anything if something you liked about this episode or we missed something whatever hit us up we read them we comment back we really appreciate you and if you do if you don't do anything i mean nothing the only thing you need to do here you can forget everything else is the flaps we're talking about follow like and please subscribe most important thing you can do today is hit the flaps magnum mills uh, that's all very important again please remember we're presented by regular the dudes watch stuff you can find us on social media at dudes watch stuff you can find romancing the gemstones wherever you get your podcast and on youtube those flaps are great it's very important to remember them if you had fun give us that thumb but there's another important thing you need to remember you need to remember that i'm magnum mills he's jamie g but most importantly you have to remember to live your best life by living it big uncle baby billy style Bye, Felicia. Now shut up and drive. Shut up.